Namaste, Namaskaram, Vanakam, Namo Namaha, Jai Ganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there is a donate button if you'd like to help us out. The amazing praying mantis and learning to stand up for the Hindu yoga, dharma. What time is it? Tis time to pray, man. And in the Caribbean islands, mun can be both male or female. Yes, mun. If you want to have a little fun with your Caribbean-speaking friends, ask them if they knew there was a Caribbean-speaking nation in the Middle East. Yaman. The praying mantis, and there are over 2,000 varieties, gets its name from its posture, standing on its other four legs, and with its two powerful front legs with serrated teeth, if you will, is a most formidable predator, a carnivore with an insatiable appetite, clothed in deception. So while it gets its name from its seemingly prayerful position, the praying mantis, and interestingly, the word mantis comes from the Greek for prophet. The praying mantis has always held special regard in many cultures, especially in Asia. Some have them as pets. And they only live about a year, but it's said that they can actually recognize individuals. So while, on the one hand, they get their name from a prayerful position, they are formidable kung fu masters of the insect world. Hence they pray, P-R-E-Y, on their captives. So let's look at this dichotomy of to pray for someone, or for oneself, or to pray upon someone. What is prayer? Prayer is essentially a mental and or verbal beseeching of goodness for others, of help for others, and also for oneself in the material and or spirit realms, if you will. On the other hand, what is it to pray upon someone, P-R-E-Y? To seize, to loot, to pillage, to gather booty, to plunder. In fact, it is said in the biblical reference of plunder, pillage meant a prize. And it is clear that throughout history, there have been the timeless predators, those who have a sense of entitlement those who simply take from others. Enter today's spurious yoga movement, completely pilfered, plundered, seized, looted from the Hindu yoga dharma. Not simply yoga, but chakras, kundalini, Ayurveda, karma, mantra, guru, these once sacred Sanskrit Hindu Tamil words have actually become distorted into something totally non-Hindu and even in many regards totally non 
religious or spiritual. So let's learn from this amazing creature, which is loved by many. Praying mantises are loved by farmers, for example, because they eat dangerous, destructive insects. So while the farmer, for example, could pray that the praying mantises do their job, the praying mantis is preying upon its victims. So from this creature, we can learn a lot about what it is to pray for someone, P-R-A-Y, what it is to be prey, and how to avoid being prey, being violated, being raped, colonialism. The sense of elitism that simply feels entitled to take from others, to exploit. In all the religious spiritual traditions of the world, prayer and devotion is paramount. In fact, they are most recognized by their prayers, by their devotions. And generally speaking, devotion is the secret ingredient of life. Without devotion to anything or anyone, our success will be extremely limited. This is what Hindus call bhakti yoga. However, devotion must be predicated upon ethics, which Hindus call karma yoga, for we can be devoted to the wrong thing for decades. Again, enter today's so-called yoga teachers who have actually created a living on praying, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, upon the Hindus, who though they are very famous for praying, for their devotions for bhakti, they're infamous for being prayed upon throughout the ages. So let us learn from this creature the important difference between to pray and to be prayed upon. So let's look at this amazing insect. Remember there's over 2,000 varieties, some small, some up to 10 centimeters long. Most often they're green in color with a tinge of orange on their front claws, if you will. And there are also brown ones. And remember that in many cultures they are seen as very exotic animals, very spiritual animals, if you will, especially in Asia. And some of the names, we have the Asian jeweled flower mantis. We have the walking flower mantis. We have the ghost mantis. These are the ones that are brown. They look like a leaf. We have the giant Asian mantis that reaches up to 10 centimeters. We have the wandering violinist mantis. How creative. This is what we do as humans. We name and we label everything. And for all you ladies out there, the female is the dominant species. She's bigger than the male. And if she gives the male the opportunity to mate with her, she may or may not decide to eat him up. Irregardless, they only live about a year, and the female will deposit as many as 200 eggs, generally in the fall, within an egg sac on a leaf or plant. 
waiting to be born again in the early spring. So here's a wonderful lesson. That this, going in, there's a given that there's going to be a lot of deaths. So hence 200 eggs. Again, the understanding of this creation that we live in. It is creation, it is preservation, it is destruction. We can't avoid either one. This is in Hinduism is the understanding of Mother Kali, which can seem fierce at times, like the female mantis, the destruction of life, the decapitation of life, Kalima. But this is just the natural understanding of the inseparability of destruction in life. This is also Shiva as the destroyer, but also as the creator and the preserver. In this symbolic understanding, we just get the practical notion that this is life, creation, preservation, destruction. And even the mantis herself is not without predators' fire ants as they come in mass and consume the mantis. So let's look at the anatomy of the praying mantis to teach us the importance of prayer in life and the importance of not being prey to nefarious predators. Like our body, the mantis is basically divided into three parts, the head and the thorax and the abdomen. In the Hindu Yoga Dharma, the first primal sound that we chant is the Om chant, which is actually spelled A-U-M or A-U-M. Hmm, found in Mandukya Upanishad, the frog scripture. The four aspects of the Om, the A, the U, the Um, and the silence in between. Now, importantly, are the three. From that belly down is the A. That's the animal nature within us. The heart is the U, the human nature. And then the head is the divine nature. So too with the mantis. From the lower, the abdomen, to the thorax, to the head. So the sacred number three and the Om, which is always associated with our first deity in Hinduism, Mahaganapati, A-U-Um. He is Brihaspati, the primal male deity of speech in the Vedas. Just as Mahasaraswati is the primal female deity of speech in the Vedas, Vach or Vak. So in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, we always start with Mahaganapati. And you can visit our podcast on why Ganapati to learn why Hindus beseech Mahaganapati first. Initially, this is simply the understanding of being grounded, being earthy, foundational, from which we as Saiva Hindus rise up to the youthful, loving warrior deity at the heart, Skanda or Murika. Also, Hanuman and Krishna to the Vaishnavas and Durgama to the Shaktites. So here's where we look at the mantis who actually has six legs. And six is the sacred number of the heart chakra deity, Muruga, Skanda, Sanmukhanada, the six-faced deity at the heart. Reminding us to always be a youthful, loving warrior. This is truly what it is to be a philosopher, one who loves knowledge, youthful, loving warrior, not afraid to think outside the box. And in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, we of course have many scriptures. Vedas, Agamas, Tantras, Mahabharata, Ramayana, Tirukkural, Tirumantram, Puranas. And we have the Shaddarshanas, the six orthodox systems of Hindu philosophy. One of which 
is the Yoga Darshan, or the Yoga Sutras of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, which unfortunately has been so distorted and taken out of context by those who really don't have a positive warrior spirit, but a negative warrior spirit of preying upon the Hindus. Murugaskanda, Hanuman, Krishna, these are all associated with the heart chakra. And the color of the heart chakra is green. And the majority of mantises are green in color. Very interesting connection. As they truly are the warrior insects. But remember, as humans, we want to be a youthful, loving warrior. A warrior without love just becomes a bully and a brute. So from Ganesha, the three, to Muriga, the six, to the deity head, and for Saiba Hindus, this would be Shiva, Shiva Shakti. And the sacred number five, the Panchakchara Mantra, Nama Shivaya. And interestingly, the mantis's head is a triangle. And often in sci-fi films, they'll use an exploded view of a mantis to represent an alien with its triangle head, which is an amazing appendage of creation of evolution. It can actually turn 180 degrees. The only insect that can do that. Unlimited vision. And interestingly, it has five eyes. The two bulbous eyes on either side. And then there's three special eyes right in the middle. Very interesting. The two eyes are said to be composed of hundreds of individual lenses likened unto individual video cameras that see color. And then the three special eyes right in the center, and they're positioned like an upside-down triangle. These three eyes only see in black and white. Now we get into the understanding of the inner workings of the left and the right brain. So if we look at the triangle... We always use this as an analogy of the mountain itself. The triangle facing up, of course, is the eternal journey from the base, finding a path to get to the one point at the top. This is an ethical, religious, spiritual journey. As one finds a way, realizing it's not the way, and it's not no way, it's a very specific way. You can revisit our podcast on the gem principle and the nat principle. Always remember that one's religion is not the way, and it's not no way or always. The fundamentalist on one side, the fundamentalist universalist on the other side, but a middle balance of a way. That's true the way religion and spirituality always go together in the mature mind. The triangle pointing down, as the mantises is, is the epitome of the dark triad, the predator triad, those who are narcissistic, Machiavellian, psychopathy. We as Hindus want to turn this triangle right side up. Hence in the Hatha Yoga Asana, we have Trikona Asana triangle pose, which reminds us to be a light triad, the triangle pointing up, where now we incorporate 
humanism and faith in humanity and Kantianism. You can visit our podcast, Ashtanga Moksha, a podcast we made that goes through this dark triad and the light triad. So for us as Hindus, our light triad is really the understanding of how to eradicate loba, krodha, kama. These are the three stripes of vibhuti that Saiva Hindus wear. Reminding us on a daily basis to burn up. Vibhuti is the holy ash made from cow dung. In other words, we've gone from BS to vibhuti. We burn up on a daily basis greed, anger, and lust. Loba, krodha, kama. By dana, dayadvam, damyata. By giving, by compassion, by control. Dana, dayadvam, also karuna, damyata. This negates loba, krodha, kama. And isn't it interesting that giving is the primal remedy? And just think for a moment, especially when we are extremely selfish, or just a little bit selfish. We may say, well, why give? But think of this image. Imagine that you're all standing in a line right in front of each other, kind of like a, a relay race. And each one of you has a stick. So now hand the stick to the person in front of you. In other words, give the stick to the person in front, and what automatically happens? You're given one from the person in the rear. Now, I know this is idealistic, but this is the primal wisdom that you find really in all the religions of the world. Whether it's really carried out or not is another story. But the wisdom of giving. Think if we all gave. We would not want. We would have no need of want if we all gave to each other. It's when we short-circuit the process with our selfishness. This is why in all the religions of the world, the basic services are offered on a donation basis. Everybody's free to go to a mandir, to an ashram, to a synagogue, to a church, to a mosque. And people leave a donation in order for the facilities to continue. This is why one truly never makes a business out of that which is so-called spiritual. Now, of course, there's a business end to religion. Yes, bills have to be paid, etc., but the basic teachings and services are always offered on a donation basis because one literally can't buy or sell the gifts of the Spirit. This is where today's distorted yoga is so far off the mark because they've taken what were once sacred Hindu religious spiritual practices and teachings and turned them into an exercise business or just some kind of vague so-called spirituality. So our light triad is giving, compassionate, controlled. Dana, dayadvam, damyata. That should be our triangle pointing up. Where we truly pray for others, and not the triangle pointing down, like the praying mantis, where we pray upon others. So let's strive to be clear on whether we are praying, P-R-A-Y, or praying, P-R-E-Y. And this is a lifelong lesson, or lifetimes. Remember, it is in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, as well as some of the other Eastern religions, if you will. 
that we truly believe in what Hindus call samsara or reincarnation. And finally, the praying mantis teaches us this, like the snake, which is also sacred within Hinduism. The praying mantis sheds their old skin, taking on a new body. The factual wisdom of reincarnation, simply look at this one life. Is not our body, mind, and emotions always changing? As we reincarnate, as we take on one body after another, another lifetime is simply a different time span. So we can learn from Mother Nature, Bhumi Mata. This is why in Hinduism the first word is Ritta Dharma, the Dharma of order, of nature, Bhumi Mata, Mother Earth, wherein she teaches us the wisdom of reincarnation, season after season, birth, death, creation, preservation, destruction. So here's a beautiful classic poem by Adi Shankara, the Vedanta's guru, who realized the importance of starting from the ground up, which is sadly something that today's Vedanta seems to miss the mark. It's always Davaita to Advaita. And actually, we can't speak about Advaita or that which is non-dual. As Adi Shankara recognized the wisdom of Mahaganapati in his famous Ganesha Pancharatam. And in this Sivananda Lahari, it's a beautiful sloka to the spring season. Chambo Dhyana Vasanta Sangini Hrid Armeyaga Jima Chadaha Srasta Bhakti Lata Chadaha Vilasitaha Punya Prabala Shritaha Dipyanti Guna Goraka Japa Vachaha Pushpani Sad Vasana Yanananda Sudha Maranda Lahari Samvit Pala Bhyun Natiha. In the heart garden, fond of the spring season of meditation or Raja Yoga, on Shambho, Shiva, there shines the assemblage of devotional creepers, all of us, Bhakti Yoga, which have shed the old leaves of sins, Papa, and taken on the tender leaves of merit, Punya, Karma Yoga. The buds of virtue, the flowers of japa, raja yoga. The pure fragrance, the flow of nectar juice of wisdom and bliss, yana and kundalini. And the increase of the fruit of pure consciousness, satchit ananda. Chidananda rupa, shivoham, shivoham. And Shankara also equates the wise person with the spring season. Santa Mahanto Nivasanti Santo Vasanta Valoka Hittam Charantaha Timaha Swayam Bhima Bhavamavam Yanan Ahetun Anya Api Tarayantaha There are good souls, calm and magnanimous, who do good to others, as does the spring and who, having themselves crossed the dreadful ocean of birth and death, help others also to cross the same, 
without any motive whatsoever. Remember in religious spiritual life, three things actually to avoid are picture, personality, and price tag. And remember that the inner essence, the Atmana to the Hindus, soul and spirit to others, is sometimes so covered up that we don't even realize it. Other times they're glimpses. We get little revelations, little epiphanies. So as Hindus, we always look to the moon and we always do a special puja on Purnima, full moon night, to remind us. Number one, that the moon, like the mind, has no light of its own. It's merely reflecting the light of El Sol, Surya, the sun. Hence the wisdom of the Atmana within all of us, the Surya and Arayan, the Tattvamasi, that thou art. And then the mind that is used as a tool of the Atmana, reflecting the light of the Atmana. As our famous sloka goes, Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamiva Vashishyate Fullness is in the unconditioned and the conditioned. From that fullness comes this fullness. Though this fullness comes from that fullness, fullness alone remains. Remember, we are that inner essence which Hindus call the Atmana, which is not the mind, thank goodness. It is Satchitananda, it is pure consciousness, pure existence, pure knowledge, pure energy, sound energy, light energy, heat energy, which becomes the human emotion of ananda or bliss. Satchit ananda, jyoti shakti ananda, shanti, love, light, and energy, om, this are we with emotions, mind, and body. Pray for this realization. Be a praying man. Tis time. Be a praying woman. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. And in conclusion, this podcast was inspired by doing Hatha Yoga one afternoon. And remember that Hatha Yoga, the proper term for what is mistermed yoga today, are Hindu devotional postures. Sadly, this yoga of today has been distorted into a crass physical exercise business or a very vague spirituality or a so-called universal spirituality, which is totally illogical. True Hatha Yoga. Remember the Sanskrit Tamil Hindu word yoga means to yoke to one's Atmana and Brahman, already deep into the Hindu Dharma, Yujatma Brahman Cha. And Hatha Yoga... Hatha, two syllables, ha and ta, and ha stands for hara and hari, or Siva and Vishnu respectively, and tha refers to the moon and the sun, also respective to Siva and Vishnu. So true hatha yoga are Hindu devotional postures to the atmana within all of us, to the atmana that flows through nature, the satchirananda that flows through nature, pure energy, consciousness, bliss, heat, the pure consciousness that flows through the various creatures. And this is the way Hatha Yoga was developed. For example, go out in your backyard and look at a tree. And then you say to yourself, how can I be like the tree? 
looking at the tree as a brother, a sister. Well, stand on one leg. And this is how Vrikshasana was created, tree pose. And this is how true Hatha Yoga came about. So one afternoon sitting on the floor with legs apart in the letter V, put the hands together and simply lean forward so your arms are straight. Very simple but very relaxing asana. So we call it, call it praying mantasasana. And this gives a, a bit of relief for the legs that have been crossed for a while or for those who maybe can't cross their legs. So you can simply make a comfortable V, however far you can spread your legs apart, and how far you want to reach forward with your hands on the floor. Palms down, hands together, make a nice neat package. And then your head, obviously, extended above, thinking now of the image of the praying mantis. So the two legs forward, and then imagine two legs behind you. So that makes four. And then your two outstretched arms are five and six, which make the the pinchers that the praying mantis uses to catch its prey. So sit in this asana, and if you'd like, re-listen to this podcast and think about the wisdom of the praying mantis, and think about the wisdom of the Hindu yoga and dharma, and truly respecting that all of real yoga is Hinduism. So let's be clear, praying for someone, wonderful. Praying upon someone, P-R-E-Y, not good. Allowing others to pray upon us, equally bad. So Hindus really need to step up to the plate. Yes, there have been invasions, distortions, thefts, right up to the present moment in the complete misuse of our sacred Hindu yogas. It's a travesty. Shame on the invaders. Shame on those preying upon the Hindus. But equal shame on the Hindus who do not stand up and protect the Dharma. And even worse, those who actually capitulate through the modern spurious yoga. If you listen to our podcast on the elephant in the room and the elephant not in the room, This may prove illuminating. And also listen to our podcast on the intent of Hatha Yoga. It's way past time for many to realize that real yoga is all about the Hindu dharma, taught by Hindus and not for a fee. And all of the yogas, Hatha Yoga is merely one aspect, and actually that's the only one that the Hindu Rishi said not to display because of exactly what's happened today with the hot yoga, power yoga, doggy yoga, kinos yoga, ad nauseum. So way past time for people to respect that real yoga is all about the Hindu dharma. And it's open to them to learn. But a teacher is very different. A teacher would be a qualified Hindu, and they would teach in a proper context. And way past time for Hindus to wake up and stand tall and stand up for the Hindu yoga dharma. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti Hi. But remember that peace is not merely the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. Speak up, Hindus. Stand up for the dharma, just like Ganesha is.
ओम जय गणेश जय हिंदू योगा धारवाड़ ओम शांति रिमेंबर दैट पीस इज नॉट मियरली एबसेंस ऑफ कॉन्फ्लिक्ट बट द प्रेजेंस ऑफ जस्टिस Have a wonderful day. Jai Ganesha, Jai Hindu Yoga, Dharma. And a final observation about this amazing creature, the praying mantis. They have one ear located at their throat, so to speak. Now in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, the throat chakra, the Sudha chakra is all about purification. And it's about the inner akasha or ether, if you will. the inner space and the quality of hearing think on that and then visit our subsequent podcast the suda chakra the gateway to the divine